You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings together communities around the world. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Damage Boost, and today we have Emily Blake, fellow After the Hype family member. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I wanted to have you on because uh, through After the Hype, we, along with podcasts, we have written articles, and you've been writing some one some that I have really enjoyed, and then there was also Twilight, <laughs> which I still enjoyed your writing, but you know, it was really it's Twilight. It was really fun to write an article about Twilight. You want to talk about that for a little bit to start uh, off? About why I write the articles? Or where they come from? Uh, tw- well, actually, I kind of want to dive in why you did Twilight in particular. <laughs> Twilight. Because I wasn't sure people were reading my articles. <laughs> so I wrote one about Twilight. So I could get some more eyeballs. It was shameless self, uh, self not self-promotion exactly, but just like self-aggrandizement, I guess. But <laughs> I enjoyed you- it. Enjoyed the writing or accidentally enjoyed uh, the movies? I really, I really like watching terrible movies and uh, and just talking about why they're terrible. Like I, I used to love live. I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to love live tweeting my watching of bad movies. Um, and and anybody who's a longtime listener of After the Hype will know how much I love Battleship. Um, and uh, so Twilight was very much enjoyable in that I just kept spending the whole movie going, "What the f- what the fuck? Why?" <laughs> and uh, it was really fun to write about it. Were you by chance a uh, mystery uh, science theater fan? Yeah, that was actually um, one of the ways I bonded with my stepdad. We used to watch that show all the time when I was a kid. They have uh, riff tracks. I don't know if you've yeah. downloaded any of those. Some, uh, their I don't Twilight think they're quite as, they're not as good. Oh, they have a Twilight one? I didn't know that. Their Twilight yeah. one is arguably their best, along with okay. uh, Lord of the Rings, are their two best. That. The, a lot of like the lower movies are, are the non... It's They have like two... Two speeds. The blockbuster ones they do are usually really good, and then like yeah. uh, the live the live shows they do are amazing. I've yeah. they do like the satellite feeds to different theaters, and I've gone to a few, and they've oh, been one hundred percent worth it. Um, so yeah, and uh, do you want to talk about uh, any of the other articles before we jump well, the, into the, the video game I part? S- the reason I started it's it's called Other Voices, and it's a, it's basically movies directed by women or people of color because I went on when. Um, was it the Joker or a Tan Tarant? No, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, there was just a lot on my timeline of people arguing about whether or not Tarantino was a great director or whether he was racist and sexist. And it was just this back and forth and back and forth. Uh, and it was a lot of white guys saying, yay, Tarantino, and a lot of other people saying, maybe not Tarantino. And I was just like, okay, what if, all right, let's, what if we just stop arguing about it? What if for every director like Tarantino, who is a successful, like, artist artistic white man who you think is a genius you also watch a film by a woman or a person of color or a woman of color and um you think i had told men to cut their nuts off uh because there was so much backlash to that idea and uh and so i was like you know what i'm just gonna put my money where my mouth is and i'm gonna start watching more movies by women and people of color 
And uh, so I went into my Twitter feed and I just said, all right, recommend some movies. And I got a ton of responses, just a ton and still some more hate mail. Um, it was weird how many people were hating on me asking for movies by women and people of color. I just I, that was kind of boggling. Not really. Not, I, I wasn't. I should backtrack. I was not surprised. Um, but uh, so I decided to just do that once a week. Um, I write I watch a movie by a woman or person of color. Sometimes it's a movie you've never heard of. Um, sometimes and Twilight counts. It had a female director. So I was like, hey, let's do Twilight. I want to include it. Just it's kind of fun because I just go, I don't know, what the fuck movie do I feel like uh, watching this week? Um, right now, I just watched um, Eve's Bayou. Next week, I'm watching Girl Fight. I'm contemplating doing Fifty Shades of Grey next since I did Twilight. And just wow. doing the follow up because I have a lot of opinions about Fifty Shades of Grey. So the, I've only seen the first one. I'll, I'll yep. admit, just Same. out of because you know I like to make fun of stuff, and I don't want to make fun of something that I haven't seen. Yeah, it's not fun. Like <laughs> Twilight, I watched because the one of the girls I dated when I was in God college, high school, I don't know, when I was younger, loved those movies, and like any good partner, I was like, all right, I'll watch them with you, and <laughs> you could at least have fun with those, you know? Yeah, they're fun. The, not not Fifty Shades of Grey. It's just yeah, it's, the yeah. acting's not even like fun bad, and it's it's just the it's thing. Just and that's the other thing is all the movies I've watched so far are movies I'd never seen before. So I'm sort of like, do I really want to do? Talk? I mean, part of the point was to watch a movie that I wouldn't have watched otherwise, because I never would have seen Twilight if I hadn't decided to write it for this article. Um, so I don't know. I might not, I might not do it. I might skip and do something else. But there's a I don't know who directed it, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if it's a person of color or a woman that directed it, but did you ever see the Silent Hill movie, the first one? No. It uh, It's a video game movie, so, you know, video yeah, game podcast. Yeah. I'm going to link it in. The, I they believe took, I played that game one time, and it was very scary. It's they're, Yeah, they're, they're absolutely terrifying. Still, you know, can give me nightmares as a grown man today. But the for the movie they went they had a f- two female leads um, and they it was very um, it was one of the most faithful adaptations from a video game to a movie and it was really good the only part was that sucked about it was uh, and I love Sean Bean it's not his fault but they kept inserting <laughs> uh, kind of a real light version of the plot is uh, mom and adopted daughter driving they get and uh, get pulled over by a cop. Um, they get sucked in Silent Hill. It's like in another dimension, portal thing, whatever. And Sean Bean's the dad, and he's trying to find them. Originally, he was supposed to be at the beginning and at the end to kind of like, you know, just have it there to like, uh, basically show they were missing. And I guess, and it's been confirmed that in, and the studio was like, you know, there's, there's no men in this movie. Like why, Mm -hmm. why aren't, and all the other like people that they meet within the town of Silent Hill are predominantly female other than the yeah. monsters who some are male and they're like no we need get go back do reshoots put more sean bean in it and that but made so, the movie freaking drag and it yeah. and it wasn't like it wasn't sean bean's fault i'm he didn't yeah i'm sure he didn't have anything yeah. to do with it it was all studio stuff but it's like all the people who love the video game did not give a shit about yeah and there's no women part. in the thing there's no women in the thing and it's a great movie no, no one yeah. i don't remember anyone ever being like there's no women in this movie we're we gonna change it the the only bad part about the thing was the prequel when they're the studio also was like hey cgi oh, everything one of my friends wrote that prequel 
It was a good, no. The movie itself was good, and the yeah. practicals were amazing. And then they made him do CGI over everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually think sure. the movie was good. Yeah, if the they didn't have good. to do the CGI. Yeah. And I, yeah. I actually just w- watched a thing about it, and they were talking it's okay. About how it's the, okay. My yeah. my it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can you know not everything he's ever done is brilliant. His scripts are brilliant, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I just kind of that. Going off of your articles, just that made me think of that one video game movie that could have been one of the better ones that's ever been made. Yeah, and yeah. because the studio was like, man, they, uh, yeah, but man, it was not. Gotta have the, again, man. I love Sean Bean, and you know, I know I'm a bum. It was one of the few movies he didn't die in that I've seen, and, yeah, but I didn't, I, always, I didn't need I- it. I always think of Sean Bean from Goldeneye. That's like the first place I remember that, seeing Sean yeah, the, Bean. The movie or the game was the first time. The movie. The movie. Alex. And then the game. Because the game, that, it looked like him. Yeah, it was... the. I always remember the For England James line at the very end of yeah. that movie. And then the no yeah. for me, which I thought was cool as hell when I was like eight years old. It's... Yeah. Not not as not as cool now, but it, you know it was still it was cool back then. I love that movie so much. It's probably it still is maybe my favorite Bond movie. It, it's by far my favorite Bond movie. Yeah. Easily, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Craig, mm. his Bonds. Oh, so uh, speaking of Goldeneye, uh, before we started recording, you started telling me uh, one of the ways you got back in the gaming was through Goldeneye. Yeah, when I was a kid, my parents gave me an Atari. And by the way, now I had the usual games. I had like Frogger and Donkey Kong and whatever. But I also had the Strawberry Shortcake game, which I've never met a single other person who knows what that game is. I do. Um, yeah, never it heard was, of that. It was basically the sun rises and sets. And before the sun sets, there's, and there's three panels. And you have to match the body, the bottom, the middle, and the top up with the correct Strawberry Shortcake character before the sun sets. It's like a good game for like a three-year-old. Uh, <laughs> I had that game. I played it a lot, and I still remember it. Um and Frogger. But anyway, I and then after, you know, I aged out of the Atari or, you know, I don't know, in my parents' divorce, I guess I'd stop playing with the Atari. Um, and I didn't play really play video games at all until I was in college and I was over with a bunch of friends. We were hanging out and they were all playing Goldeneye and the N64. And that's how old I am. Hi, boys and girls. <laughs> um, and uh, and one of my friends went out for a smoke break and he was like, hey, play my character. And I'd never played, I had not played a video game since the single stick Atari and, uh, and with one button. And, um, and so I just grabbed it and all I knew how to do was just run in a circle. So I clicked the shoot button and I just spun around in a circle. Uh, I don't know what kind of gun I was holding, but like it pissed everyone in the game off because I murdered all of them and I didn't get hit because they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And you would see on their screens, I would just appear and then disappear and appear and disappear and appear and disappear. And meanwhile, I was just spinning in a circle and just firing. And it was just, and I was like, wow, I killed everyone (laughs) because no one was expecting that weird strategy because I had no idea how any of the controls worked. And I was just like, cool. And so I kept playing Goldeneye for a while after that. Although recently I went over to a friend's house who had a Nintendo 64, like, you know, because it's had a revival. I was just like, yeah, Goldeneye. And oh, my God, I died so many. I was so bad at it now. But it's I like to I like to, to go back to. No, I always play Mayday whenever we're doing uh, multiplayer because Mayday makes that noise that just I'm going to back away from the microphone. She goes, ah! 
And uh, I just really like that noise. Um, so that's why I picked Mayday. Honestly, that's the only reason. <laughs> did you guys do any of the weird modes or did you stay pretty standard? Um, I remember there being one where you plant mines and then shoot them or something like that. That that was always like our go-to maneuver was trying to plant mines and trying to explode them right when somebody walked by. Um, other than that, I don't remember. I remember making fun of the clob a lot. That's fun. Um, two clobs. I can't hit anything, but I'm shooting 800,000 bullets a minute uh, or second. I don't know. I don't know how time works. The, I also, if I remember correctly with those games, you... Whenever you would have a larger gun like the AK-47, he would only hold it with one hand. He never yeah. used two because I, I don't think they could animate that. Really ridiculous. Yes, in real life, you really need two hands. But yeah. <laughs> I tried um, playing the re- revived GoldenEye. It's not good. It's not. And it's just weird when they... just Some things need to be left alone. I, I, could, I don't want to go on a whole tangent about remakes, whether it be video games or... Uh, movies, but some things just can be what they are. Like, yeah, that was one of those that that didn't need yeah. to happen. Because now, when I watch the movie, I think about the game. Like, I think, oh, here's that level where you have to do that thing. Oh, right, here's where you have to like shoot your laser into the floor while she types on a computer. You know, every time I watch the movie. D- and so um, one thing we talked about. Um, and I wanted to get to it before it leaves my brain because that's how my mm. brain works. Uh, we talked about Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Um, one of my favorite. It was an OG Xbox for me. Uh, what system yeah. did you play it on? Yeah, Xbox. Xbox. Um, the game was unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the few games that I would actually sit down and be willing to think and take time instead of just go, you know, bang, bang, boom, boom, type of deal. Uh, what what drug you into that? Was it just being a Star Wars fan or uh, Star Wars fan, but also story? Um, I'm a I'm in the film industry. I'm a writer. I was an English teacher before that. I you know stories are my jam. And for me, Night Seal Republic just had so much good backstory. I played it twice, and uh, the characters just they all these side missions that were meaningful and these relationships and you saw them grow and that's just not something I'd ever seen in a game before and the fact that you could choose your path uh I am terrible in real life I'm actually not a bad shot in in a in game world I'm a terrible shot so first person shooters are really hard for me and I find them kind of boring because the story is lacking and then um you know I'm not racing games uh, I f0x I, I can't even count how many times I fell off the racetrack um but uh, Knights of the Republic, you don't really lose the game. You just right. sort of figure out who you are. And that's how the game the game ends. And, and you just have become someone. And whether or not you went on these side quests is up to you. And I just found that really, really cool. Uh, it also kind of tests who you are as a person. I played it the first time through as a good guy and became a Jedi. And yay. And then the second time through, I was like, okay, I'm going to be bad. And then, like, the first time some, like, homeless kids are like, hey, help us. You have the option to, like, beat them up and take what little money they do have. And that's how you get to be a bad guy. It's the road you start down. And I was like, I, I can't do that. That's so mean. <laughs> and it's like they're not real people. Um, but I just couldn't. So the second time I played the game, I was just, like, ambivalent. I just came down in the middle and never made a decision about what I was going to be. But I loved that game because there was an option for that, too. It was kind of lame. Because you weren't Revan, but you also, or I think it was Revan. I think that's who it was. 
uh, I could be wrong. Um, you weren't the bad guy. You weren't the like Sith, but you also weren't a Jedi. You were just like, hey, you made a never man. What did you? What are you doing? Um, you just uh, kind of slid into the, or maybe you did still become a Jedi, but you were like really lame. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But I, yeah, I loved that you had all those options, and I loved that it just had such good story, and you got so invested in it. And I kind of wish. I after it wasn't long after that game came out I think that the prequels came out and I just kept watching all the prequels wishing they had the same amount of of depth of story that that game had yeah the I was um excuse me I was just uh reading about uh Knights of the Republic I don't remember it's one or two but it it was one of the first games in my lifetime that I played that also allowed you to have a uh same-sex couple or relationship which was pretty it did it's it's not like it wasn't something that was like because it's it's been a while but yeah if i remember correctly it's only a few lines and uh Mm. but yeah it was the one of the very it's that's a republic one or two i can't remember and a a quick google didn't tell me if it was one of the first or not but at least for my lifetime it was one of the first which yeah i I played the second one it the story wasn't as developed in the second one the gameplay was stronger but the story was eh. so yeah i don't know uh i don't remember that but that's really neat i feel like it might have been the second one yeah it it was i want to say it was but i cannot remember just to save my life but i do remember that it was an option which was pretty cool and then we also talked a little bit before about the Fable series, and yeah. uh, for anybody, you know, I don't know how old a lot of the people are that listen, but Fable for it seemed like fifteen years. Uh, the developer always promised these huge, huge, game-changing ideas, and then they were never up to par. You know, he promised a ten, yeah. and they usually delivered a six. But uh, mm-hmm. what? drug you into the or brought you into those games i uh i play them i think i used to go over to my then boyfriend's house and he was while he was at work and just that's what i do all day at his place (laughs) i was just play fable um the same thing story for me and the ability to choose your own ending and then there's no you can't really lose fable it's you know it's not i mean i guess i remember like compared to like a star fox game where as soon as you fuck up in star star fox you have to start all over because it's all about getting to the objective in a game like fable or stars or nice yellow republic or similar games you just sort of find your way through the story and i don't know i just i was really like i think the thing that that got me i was i spent all this time trying to seduce this dude and getting him to, because you know you had to give him gifts and you did all the stuff, and then you get somebody mm-hmm. to love you, and then you'd you'd be uh, a couple, and then yay! Uh, I don't remember if I married him or not, but I was I was like really tied to this guy, and then we went out on a picnic, and while we we're having a picnic, we were attacked by some bandits, and I went off to fight the bandits, and I came back and he was dead. And I was I was legitimately heartbroken. I was like, I put a lot of effort into this guy. I feel so bad. I was so busy running off killing these bandits that I didn't like protect him. And that really fucking hurt me. I was just really moved by that. And I was like, that's a good game. I am still kind of broken up about it all these years later. I got him murdered. Um, and uh, he wasn't a real person. But in my heart, he was. And... Um, that was pretty cool. Also, the fact that regularly in my real life today, I still say things like, your health is low. Um, so, 
Fable has stayed with me. And that's probably why I don't really play games anymore because Fable was such a great game. I've tried other games since and none of them lived up to the Fable slash Knights of the Old Republic standards that I've set. And now a lot of those games are online and you have to play with other people and I just don't want to do that. And, um, and I just so... And, and they also eat up so much of your life. Um, I'm afraid of getting into another fable because I would spend whole days doing nothing else, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with that experience. But right. I, I do, I do so. I have like four jobs. I don't have time to sit and play video games all day. I have too much shit to do. So yeah, but fable part partly it's also because I just I haven't found another game that I love as much as I love that because I, I like to play those role playing games. Did you just play one or did you play two and three as well? I played one, and then I played two, and it just wasn't as strong, and then I just heard three was really bad, so I never played it. Three was not, it was, I mean, it was, like I said, they always overpromise, underdelivered. It wasn't mm-hmm. anywhere near what it should have been, but it was still fun, and mm. with that one, you literally could get married or be in a relationship with anybody in every town. So you get to have oh, nobody like told me that. Eight, eight families. You get to uh, same sex, oh. different. It didn't matter. So anybody who wanted it, you could give it to them. And wow, <laughs> so and nobody told me fun. that. I might have played it if I'd known that. Uh, Xbox Games pa- Game Pass, uh, only 15 a month. <laughs> and it one of the games included is uh, Fable 3, I believe. Yeah. So. I don't even own a gaming uh, system right now. You need a Switch. I will. And Nintendo does not pay me, but everybody should own a Switch. <laughs> it's an amazing device. Uh, so another thing uh, to kind of stick with that that theme of, well, this will be lack thereof story. But uh, we both talked about watching Mortal Kombat the movie. Yeah. In our in our younger years, and uh, yeah. how did since you say you're not, you weren't you did you kind of skipped that generation that Mortal Kombat the game was in or the arcade. So I how did you Mortal end Kombat up seeing a few that times, movie? But I, I think oh, did you? Everybody, everybody saw that. I'm I feel like I'm a lot older than you. Um, that movie <laughs> came out and everyone saw it. It was a fucking the movie. Um, for for when it came out. Um, I enjoyed it. It's a great movie. I watch it when it pops up on my TV late at night. Um, I feel like I'd played it a few times. It's it's a fun game. I. I think I've played it more since seeing the movie because now I know who the characters are. Um, for a while, I think I had it because I had Nintendo 64 for a while and I had the the version, I think it was Annihilation or, no, maybe that's the movie title. I don't remember. But Annihilation was the second really, really bad movie. We don't okay, talk about Annihilation. Okay, then, I don't, then, then no. I don't know which version of the game I had. Um, but I had, I, I played, I played it for a while. My favorite character to play was, is it, was it Shiva who like whips people with her hair? I really liked that character. Yeah. She's, uh, the, uh, she had four arms, right? If yeah. I remember correctly. I think so, she was, yeah. yeah. So that would have been Mortal Kombat 2. Okay. Well, that's which, what I had. Slash. And that was what Annihilation was also. Uh, she was oh. in Annihilation. Okay. But there was, I won't go too deep into it. There's a, there's, I think there might even be a documentary about like how, like, Mortal Kombat 2, or Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the movie, why it was so bad. I know they replaced the guy who played Johnny Cage. Yeah, I really like Johnny Cage in the movie. I don't know why you would recast him. He was great. The, well, son, I, he was really angry when his sunglasses got broken, and I kind of feel that. I, <laughs> those were $500 sunglasses, too. Right? So. Yeah. That blew my mind as a kid. Like, do, do actors really like have $500 sunglasses? Yep. That's so much money. They sure so. do. 
just that for inflation, I'm sure that's like what five thousand dollars now. It's a billion dollars. <laughs> Pretty sure. So that movie was ninety four. Okay. Do you know uh, Steven Spielberg was actually a huge Mortal Kombat fan, and he wanted to huh. uh, be. I know he wanted to direct it, but he couldn't. And he also was supposed to be in it. There's a scene with Johnny Cage in the movie where there's a director that he talks to temporarily mm-hmm. that he's filmed the movie. That was supposed to be uh, a cameo by Steven <laughs> Spielberg. Aww. So I'm sad we missed that. But he didn't. And there's a new Mortal Kombat movie that's supposed to come out in 2021. Oh. Just as long as the theme music doesn't change. Because right now you can still be like, Mortal Kombat! Yeah. And everyone around you will be like, dun-na, 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 dun-na. was like a gold like or whatever the high honor for selling music is like oh. gold or whatever it it won all the things because everybody fucking loved that theme song everybody <sighs> knows it even I today mean. um one question i did want to ask um since you said you know you're not really in the gaming culture right now it's just thoughts you have or like per- your perspective of it from the outside like just in general, do you do you feel like it's one of the more toxic areas right now of media, or you have? I think uh, I I I used to be married, and my ex husband was a pretty big gamer. He played a lot of Halo, and I would walk into the house, and the things I overheard him saying to like fourteen year olds um, <laughs> were pretty. I mean, there's a reason we're divorced. Uh, some of them were pretty appalling, and some of the things I know happen to women in gaming are kind of scary. And honestly, I, that's one of the reasons I, I stepped away because I want to play those role playing games, but I feel like most of them now are online and most of them are, you play with other people and I don't really want to sign on and take abuse. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to pretend to be a man to avoid getting abused. And, um, I know it's not every game, and I know it's not every player, but it's enough. Um, and I know for a fact that it happens, because my ex was one of those people. Um, and I I just sort of, that's, I mean, I followed a little bit of the Anita Sarkeesian and, and, and kind of some of that storyline. Uh, and I know some people will be like, well, you don't know because you're not a gamer, but it's like, well, that's kind of why I'm not a gamer. Because um, there are games I really enjoyed. I and you know like i said i love the role playing games but i just i'm just i'm just too there's a monetary commitment that's part of it like it's expensive to be a gamer mm-hmm. um but also there is a bit of apprehension about trying to log on and you know i know that there's a lot of abuse that gets thrown back and forth and i just I, yeah that's kind and, of my and i i don't disagree um it it I don't know how much of it is that people who have shitty opinions have a stronger voice, it feels like nowadays. I I, uh, stream Dead by Daylight, uh, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But it hurts really. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. um, And I'm part of the Reddit community, and there's a a streamer, Ots, who's – he's – I give him a lot of credit for kind of nurturing the kinder part of the community. Mm-hmm. And I would say, honestly, 90, 90% of the, I think the people who play that game are super kind. Yeah. Like try to build up other people. Like buddy and I stream, you know, we always try to send 
messages to people via Xbox Live, but positive, like, hey, you know, great, to the, if we're playing as far as the Syndicate, like, hey, man, great job, you know, whatever, something nice, just trying to be that change, because we're both old and we don't like to be negative anymore, and, uh, <laughs> but I still, when I play, I'll get those messages from the, that smaller percent of, you know, you were a terrible this, go kill yourself, yeah, like, yeah. and it sucks, it's just, and it, there's unfortunate, like you said, because you're all connected when you do play games like that, it's almost unavoidable. And that's kind of like where I gear my kids more towards the Switch. They don't really have that online uh, connect. Like you can play Switch games online, but you can't really communicate through it, which is yeah. really nice when you have younger kids and you just want them to be able to play and be happy. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about them. I mean, I, I sit with them when they play, so they, I wouldn't let them, like, read that, but, you know, you don't have to worry about those coming in anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, it is real unfortunate, and, uh, and like, the there was a 14-year-old girl who won a Smash tournament who got overly attacked online from idiot players because she beat a, a – I think the guy was also a streamer that a lot of people liked. It's, it is really unfortunate, and it's something I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, gaming's really not that bad. You know, there's still a yeah. lot of shitty part to it. I'm not going to. I saw. I. I mean, I did follow yeah. GamerGate on Twitter, and I saw, I saw what what that led to, and I, I just. Uh, I, I'm actually I unfamiliar with that. Oh, the GamerGate stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the. I mean, I don't remember exactly how. I think there was a video posted. Shit, I'd have to look it up. You, if you Google it, it's it's there. But like, um, Adam Baldwin was part of it. It was basically like saying that, you know, um, it was it was basically saying that I think there was a woman who was a game reviewer and was talking about sexism in video games, and as a result, uh, she was doxxed. Um, there was a lot of hate thrown her way, and and hate in general thrown toward anyone who criticizes gaming. And um, for 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 gender and issues, and um, it was very very unpleasant. It was a couple years ago, I think. Um, it's died down now, but there are still. It sort of became something else, I think. And honestly, I'm not an expert on it. I just I just kind of followed it on Twitter and was sort of thoroughly disgusted by the kinds of things that people were saying. Yeah, which is it's just a real sucks. You wish people just stop wanting to have to hate or you know just be okay with hearing a different perspective you know it's okay sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to realize that things need to be changed but instead people have that nasty violent reaction when they start to feel a little bit uncomfortable yeah it's it's a shame because i know a lot of people who are gamers and are really awesome and are yeah games are games are getting it looks like games are getting more inclusive and you know, and the gaming community might be getting more inclusive, but you still have all these poison apples in there. So, um, how they would typically like, especially games fighting or war games, the armor for women never makes sense, right? <laughs> it's always Neither, it doesn't in comic books either. So, right? Um, are you familiar with the Gears of War series at all? Yeah, a little bit. I never played it or anything, but yeah. But are you how the men are like big beefcakey looking, right? Like just look like cartoon, almost like cartoon characters of men, like Johnny Bravo, almost uh. like big and beefy. The the developer of the game actually wanted the men to be like overly 
in a way sexualized and like that and mm. if you look at the female characters in that game they're regular human sized and mm. their armor is actually functional armor so he kind of like his whole thing was like no and he had to fight for that too which is another stupid thing but uh-huh. he yeah. he switched it he's like no i want these men to look ridiculous <laughs> like yeah. how we've done how we've done this to so that, i don't know i i always like that little tidbit about the yeah, games people want to point at but and be like that game look at those men this that's just like you know that's that's just how they want to be muscular like no it's actually he's trying to you know flip it on its head from what it was in the first game i think it's like 12 years old at this point so at the time yeah. that was kind of a big deal not as much cool. you know anymore but back then it was I mean, I don't have a problem with characters looking a little unrealistic and cartoony. The problem is when it's only the women looking that way and then the men don't. But I feel like, right? Like, I feel like this argument gets it's happens in comic books a lot too. My issue is when you have women who are barely wearing anything, and in the comic book or in this case in games, and then someone cosplays that character, and then everyone tells her she looks like a slut. It's like well, that's not, that's what the character <laughs> looks like. Like, right. don't design it that way if you're not okay with women looking that way. Because if they fall in love with the character, they're gonna want to wear that costume. And, and maybe it's just the nerd in me, but I, I would always be super irritated. I'm like, I'm about to go into a battle, and like her entire midsection is exposed. She's gonna die. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I need uh, to get through I, this mission. <laughs> Give her the proper I w- equipment. I once commented on a post. God, was it? I don't want to say the wrong comic book artist. So there's a comic book artist or a comic book writer, rather. Or maybe it was the artist shit? I don't remember. Anyway, there was a uh, someone who was famous for doing Wonder Woman, either writing or or, or uh, art. I, do, uh, I don't remember now, so I don't want to say the wrong name. But um, and he had posted a picture of a Wonder Woman in that corset look with straps, and had made a comment about a jokey comment about straps. And I thought he was serious about yay straps. Well, it turns out he was making fun of the fact that they gave her straps. And I had commented about, oh, thank God. It really bothers me that she constantly wears an outfit without straps. And he actually got pissed and like was like, it's just comic book art. And I was like, oh shit, I have just upset someone who actually worked on Wonder Woman. And then I just like was politely disagreeing and then I just kind of ran away. But um, <laughs> if you've ever worn a corset, um, you cannot fight in a corset. It's impossible. But it's also Wonder Woman. She's magical. She has superpowers. She's a goddess. So I'm, you know, it's okay. It just for the sake of, reality if i were going for a realistic portrayal that put some fucking straps on her costume that's all and i just i, I don't know it's it's always been and grant i'm i'm more familiar with comic books than i am with video games but like that's always the thing that i've appreciated when when it does look because you can still have sexy costumes that are realistic mm-hmm. it it does happen but you know just put some straps on that shit thanks to rocky horror point. picture straps. show i i can honestly attest to the fact that those things do not stay on very well <laughs> Well, they do if they're fitted right, but you can't breathe. Like, you're not yeah. going to be able to fight and wear your corset at the same time. It's just not happening. They don't make those for overweight men either. So, <laughs> borrow your friends who is like half your That's size true. and a woman. It doesn't They're not made fit for right. people with waistlines. And it's, t- you know, men don't have waists the way women tend to have waists. It d- well, but, it depends. Some but do. I can walk in heels really well thanks to Rocky Horror yeah. Pictures. So, so, I got that going nice. for me. Good yeah. job. <laughs> so awkward segue from that uh legend of zelda we although said wait that i would like also- to i would take the i just want to say because i don't want to offend my my trans or uh non-binary or drag uh, friends that some of them wear the fuck out of a corset uh i would like to just clarify that okay carry on 
I, I'd also like to know where how to properly fit one if anybody <laughs> could give me advice on that. So when I go back and I don't have to be uncomfortable. I actually can do that. that. I nice. do make corsets. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we'll talk after the show then. <laughs> Appreciate it. So Legend of Zelda, uh, you also said that was one of the games that brought you back into gaming for a little bit. Yeah. What? Which game and uh, what kept what brought you in about the series um i i feel like when i when i graduated college i did not know what the hell i was gonna do and i had no income (laughs) i just spent a lot of money and accrued a lot of debt and one of the things i did was buy an old school uh nintendo it's not that old i'm not that old um i bought a (laughs) nintendo 64 and uh and i started playing some games on that and that's kind of all i did all day until i found myself uh and one of the games i played i played goldeneye and then I played, I don't remember which one came first. You might know. I played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I think Ocarina came first. Ocarina of Time was first, yeah. Yeah. So I played Ocarina of Time and I was obsessed with that game and I loved it. And that, I, you know what's cool about Zelda is it taught me how to rethink. Like it, it taught me how to manipulate my brain uh, in a different way. Like puzzles, the puzzle solving in Zelda games is very unique. Like you have to be like, okay, here's a box. If I pull this box over here and I pull this box over here and then I climb on these two boxes and then I like push this lever and then I have to get down and run across the room and pull this other lever. It's a it's a puzzle solving game that you have to retrain your brain into figuring out how to solve these specific kinds of puzzles. And I thought that was pretty cool because it taught me more critical thinking. It taught me, you know, to be a little smarter and a little bit more clever. And uh, so I was really into that. And I loved Ocarina of Time. And then I bought Majora's Mask because how much I loved Ocarina of Time. And then I played that. So I know you said you don't want to get back and necessarily spend the time or money on games, but mm-hmm. you need to get a Switch and you need to buy <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Because okay. if you're loving the how how that makes you think and therefore it's all puzzles, that game, I mean, it, it's what Zelda does. It makes... Uh, it I just it reinvents what it does every time they make a game, but Breath yeah. of the Wild at one game of the year the year it came out, it's it's next next level stuff and I think if you really love that part of it you're gonna love that game it is worth getting cool. a Switch for. Okay, I know somebody who's really into it who's not a heavy gamer but she plays that game. Breath regular. of the Wild. Yeah. Oh, so good. Anybody, everybody loves that game. It's right. just it's pretty. It's damn near perfect. I. I mean, why like I said, Nintendo, been a, Nintendo's a I, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, why hasn't there been a Zelda movie is my question. Because everyone loves it. It's got a story. I f- Nintendo's weird about their uh, stuff. And I think ever mm. since the flop that was Super Mario Brothers, they haven't mm. really licensed a whole lot. I mean, Detective Pikachu just came out this past year. Mm. And there should have been a, a live action Pokemon movie a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that one took forever, and mm. I guess you could, I mean, Zelda's super popular, but it's also, I don't, you know, I'm kind of curious on how they would market it and what yeah. what audience they would bring in with that. Yeah. I'd love to I, see the pitches. I'm sure it's been pitched <laughs> at some point and just no one heard a pitch they liked. I don't I know like studio. I'm sure someone too. has optioned it. There's a studio somewhere that owns it. I could probably find that out if I look real hard. And then, uh, and then they've had pitches come in, and they just never either that or they may even bought a pitch. Somebody wrote a script, and they didn't like it. Any number of things could have happened, but it just seems like 
by now. It's, you know. Uh, Almost every April 1st, there's a fake uh, Zelda movie trailer, live action one that comes yeah. out. And then everyone gets super excited, and then they realize <laughs> it's April 1st, and then everyone gets super pissed off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of how I feel about, you know, I uh, I feel about Halo. Uh, like mm. the, the actual story of Halo is super good. I mean, it's, it's really good. It's I love sci-fi, so I'd be super into it. Um but I know they Peter Jackson was attached to it at one part. They had test footage that looked amazing, and I don't remember why it fell apart. But it never happened either. So I, no. I, I don't know enough about how movies get made to understand like the legal stuff that goes on. But I sure yeah. it's with uh with the Legend of Zelda. It has to be something with Nintendo and rights and. It can all also that be stuff. just that they never got a draft that they liked. I mean, it could be it was written and it was revised and it was rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and it just didn't ever meet what they wanted and then it just sort of just stopped being and then they held on to it and someday someone will obtain the rights and they'll try again and I mean, there are screenplays that there or there are concepts that have been traveling around Hollywood since the 80s that have never gotten made just because no one ever feel no studio ever feels like they got the draft they wanted. Like some some more difficult... I mean, look at Watchmen. Look how it's taken Watchmen forever. Or no, yeah. better example, Sandman. Um, the Sandman comics have taken forever. And they've been... Some of the best writers in town have had a crack at it. And they're, a little while ago, like it was almost made into a movie and then it just couldn't. Um, uh, my friend who wrote the Thing prequel took a crack at it and it just couldn't be made into a movie. And now it's going to be a TV series, hopefully, but that might fall apart too. No, so, don't. No, I heard that was gonna be. I wanted to be a TV series. I thought it was a done deal. It's, yeah, it could, yeah, yeah. It it most likely will be, but there's okay. there until it is in the can. Everything can fall apart. All movies can fall apart. All TV series. Well, TV series less so because there's more of an investment once you've you know greenlit it. But um, anything can fall apart. Anything can be resurrected. Nothing's ever dead either. So that's that's Hollywood. It's a whole world of disappointment. Now you have me so afraid that it's not going to happen. I was so excited. It probably will. If it's, if it's okay. been greenlit for a TV series, I don't know what has. Um, I don't know where they are along in the process, but if it's if it's shooting, it's probably getting made. If it's still in development, uh, it probably will get made. There's always a chance. And well, with the way things have been going, like Jessica Jones got canceled because of yeah. everything, and that was probably... Jessica Jones yeah, and Daredevil yeah. were arguably two of my favorite comic book shows ever. So that first season of Jessica Jones was so good. Feige has never been fully supportive of the Marvel TV stuff, and I think it was just, they want to they want to focus on the movies and have more control over the t- any TV offshoots. And yeah, I mean, notice Agents of Shield is also ending. Um, yeah, pretty much anything I, Marvel TV that doesn't belong on on like Disney Plus. Or I think there's an upcoming Marvel Network. I could be wrong about that. Um, but those shows are show, those shows are all kind of getting well, not all of them, but most of them are getting shut down. I don't know what the fate is of like Runaways or uh, um, Cloak and Dagger, but everything else is kind of getting faded out. And well, I, at least it it ended the uh, Iron Fist TV show, so at least we got that to stop. Yeah. yeah, I I want to see more Iron Fist. And my favorite thing about Iron Fist is him fighting with Luke Cage. I love when Iron Fist and Luke Cage team up. So we got some of that in the Defenders just for one 
beautiful, beautiful action sequence. Yeah. And I'm just sad that I won't get to see more of that because I fucking, I just want to see just a show that's just Iron Fist and Luke Cage just like busting through walls and beating people up. I don't know. I would watch that, but I guess I'm not going to win. Well, with the Defenders too, I like that they leaned in the fact that Danny is like the worst character and so whiny and <laughs> yeah. all that. They, they did they a great ran, job like, of that. That line with uh, "Oh, he's the Iron Fist, and he'll tell anybody that will listen." Like, like, no, <laughs> yep, like yep. that that made me feel really good about it and made him a lot yeah. more tolerable. But that yeah. that first season, that show, whew, it was a mess. That was rough. <laughs> yeah, and there was good there was good actors in it and actresses yeah. in it, but it just it was it was just not <laughs> it was not up there. Yeah, no, not compared to the other shows, which are I'm I'm still Daredevil R.I.P. I, uh, God, I love Daredevil so much, and I'm going to miss it. And Jessica Jones, too. Shit, Luke Cage. They were all good. They were all really good. Except for I, I'm a big fan of, uh, um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the the one that was in the show with James Vanderbeek. Beek. Oh, Kristen Ritter? Yes. Yeah, it's Kristen Ritter. Yeah, she's, I've everything I've ever seen her in, she's always been amazing. So she's I on like Veronica she Mars. She's great. I, you know, I've never seen Veronica Mars. <gasps> she's seen Veronica uh, Mars. It's awesome. I should. I've been told the first the first season is like perfection. Second season's okay. Third season, the new season is again okay. But first season is like one of the most perfect seasons of television ever created. I actually really don't even know the concept of the show. I just know that it is a show. It's Nancy Drew, basically. Oh, I like Nancy Drew though. Yeah, that'd be enjoyable. Teenage Nancy Drew is solving the mystery of how her best friend was murdered. That's what season one is. It's dark. Who killed? Who killed her best friend? (laughs) Super yeah. dark. Oh, it's it's dark. There's also a rape plot line. It's it's dark, but it's great. Uh, so just uh, as we kind of wind down, you said you're obviously well versed in comic books and comic movies and all that. A little bit. Uh, why do you think they they seem to be succeeding when it comes to movie and te- movies and television, where video games, who you know, you could argue also have really good characters and stories to tell. That why they aren't translating the same way to TV and film? That's a really good question. Um, I think, okay, so, I don't know. It's uh, I'd have to take a lot more time to think of a really good answer, but uh, my quick answer is I think, um, like, look at, okay, look at Prince of Persia. You know, like, the game has no plot. Um, I actually hated playing that game because I got really <laughs> frustrated. It was very much a fuck you throw the controller situation. Um, the game, he just does the same shit over and over again. And then he goes, oh, that's not how it happened. But like the whole story is just him jumping on, jumping on like things and holding on to posts or whatever. Um, how do you make a movie out of that? There's no plot. Um, and I think that's the thing is comic books have a built-in plot. You and, and also comic books have some of the comic books have years and years and years of stories to pull from. Whereas a video game sometimes is just one game, maybe there's a sequel. They don't have as deep uh, a story, as deep a mythology to pull from a lot of the time. But also a lot of video games like Mortal Kombat. How do you pull a story out of Mortal Kombat? They did their best, but it's literally just like a bunch of people fighting. So, whereas comic books have story, they have interpersonal relationships. I mean, Civil War was a comic book, and they just pulled the story out of Civil War and then modified it based on what they'd done already with the Marvel war, the Marvel uh, universe. Whereas video games, you know, Tomb Raider became a pretty good video game. 
um, Tomb Raider is not dissimilar from Prince of Persia. So kudos to the people who wrote Terminator, uh, Tomb Raider because I feel like that first and, and I feel like that first movie, what was great about Tomb Raider. So I'm going on a Tomb Raider tangent now. I know that's not the question you asked me, oh, but um, but I love one thing I love about that first Tomb Raider movie is it created Angelina Jolie as an action star. And that that for years after Tomb Raider came out, the only female action star that anyone would consider was Angelina Jolie. I write action movies and I was starring women and I was basically told that if you can't get Angelina to be in it, no one will buy it. And that's changed now, thank God. But it made her the action star that movie did. And so it was it was just they had to be creative. I think you have to be a little more creative with how you tell that story. Um when you don't have a deep plot to go from. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is based on an existing property that already has mythology. Fable, I don't know. Fable, you have stuff to pull from, but no one's ever made a movie out of it. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they there might have been rumors of someone trying to happen, but I don't know how yeah. factual those those stories were. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Resident yeah, I, Evil is certainly successful. That That had... A little more to go on. I think there was a little more meat to that story. Can I um, can I just go on a quick tangent about Res- go, the Resident Evil movie? Please. So I love. Um, is it Mia? I can. I never say her last name right. She, I always <laughs> think she's good. She's really good. She's consistent in all those movies, even when they went to crap. But they get to a point. I want to say it's four or five. Uh, that whoever directed it didn't want to direct. He didn't like zombies. He thought the zombies were right. stupid. And Resident Evil, <laughs> just spoiler alert, a lot of fucking zombies. Kind of the yeah, whole thing. Dead shit everywhere. So they they did, they did just like wrote a movie based, and they did it in somewhat of a clever way. I will give them credit on that. But, like, I it just, and it happens with a lot of movies. It happens with a lot of video game movies, too. Uh, a lot of these directors take it and they're like, oh, I don't, I'm above this video game movie shit. And then they like, yeah. then why take the job, motherfucker? Like, you're ruining yeah. shit that I care about because you need money, but you're going to act like you're above it. And that was just one of those times. I was just like, God damn it. I, I, even though these movies aren't, you know, the best, the first one I thought was really good after that. It was yeah. like, whatever. But, like, just it's something people care about. Treat it with care, too. All right, you can go back. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That, you know, you should treat, no matter what the movie is and what the source material is, you should treat it like it's... I, I, I'm a script supervisor. I don't think we said that for the audience. So I work on film sets. As you might have noticed, I work in film um, based on the conversation. But like I have worked, I work mostly in low budget at my current place in my career. Uh, and I've worked on a lot of movies that are not, they don't have a lot of money behind them. A lot of times they've only done a couple of drafts of the script. And, and, and some directors still do their best to take the material seriously and, and, and try to come up with clever, um, clever shots. That doesn't work for everybody. Like a Lifetime movie is never going to do that because that, the Lifetime won't approve that. But, um, but there are some times when you see someone making this low-budget movie and you're like, okay, cool. They're, they're trying their best to make what they have really good. And, and if you don't, if you don't take your material seriously, if you just look at it and you're just kind of like, this movie's a piece of shit, um, then you're, I mean, okay, uh, another segue, but James Cameron is famous for having, 
Okay. Uh, James Cameron's famous for a lot of things. But James Cameron launched his career on Piranha 2. He, the direct, if I recall correctly, the director, uh, okay, I'm really, I don't remember the story. But I remember that James Cameron had to take over directing a section of Piranha 2. He didn't direct the whole movie, but he directed a portion of it. And he ended up directing the fuck out of that. And it actually made his, it launched his career because he did such a good job with Piranha 2, which is this lame fucking, uh, <laughs> terrible horror like a Jaws ripoff, but, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, not even Piranha, Piranha 2. Um, but he did such a good job with it that it helped him get more clout in the industry and eventually led to more jobs. You know, take it seriously. I have issues with the first Resident Evil movie because I hate, people being sliced into bits that's a real issue for me i don't like when lasers slice people um the movie cube uh i still have nightmares about it but anyway um but it was a yeah well yeah it scares the crap out of me um and also it's so futile the other okay the other day on set i was asked to move and i moved to a spot and then i moved to another spot and then i moved to another spot and then i moved to another spot and then finally i ended up right back where i started and then we started shooting i had just moved and nothing had happened and i walked and i ended up right back where i started and i was like i'm in the movie cube and no one on set got it and i immediately came home and tweeted it and i was like twitter you're gonna get this anyway um (laughs) someone out there listening to this podcast was like that's a good joke and some people were like, shut up. That's a stupid joke. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, take, yeah, take your material seriously. It's, you know, when it's not a great movie, but you still can make, it's still really cool when you see a director take material that's not good and do the best they can because they really want to. Not when they're showing off. There's a difference between being like, "Look at these cool shots," and then look at and then going, "Okay, what's the most cinematic way I can tell this story?" Because you can do that even with a low budget, even with a poorly written um, script. You can still do your best, and that's what I would like to see directors do, even if it is a video game movie that you don't and you don't play video games. First of all, okay. Although now that I'm thinking about it. The studio really shouldn't hire someone who doesn't know anything about video games to direct a video game movie, but that's that's above my pay grade. Uh, so thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Um, I do drop uh, an article every Monday um, called The Other Voices, which we've talked about. Um, uh, it's It's basically me. Uh, watching movies by directors who are women of color, women or people of color or women of color. Um, and I try to incorporate LGBTQ in that. Uh, and I just, I try to focus because of my filmmaking experience. I try to focus a little bit more on the technical aspects, uh, either both the storytelling. It's not really a review. It's more like uh, what I noticed when I watched it, uh, technical aspects, like the camera work, things like that, the lighting choices, the hair. I try to shout out people who actually worked on the film, uh, and talk about the film just from a sort of an analytical perspective. I try not to make it a review. I try to make it more of an analysis. Um, but yeah, um, and that's every Monday on ATHpod.com. Uh, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at the Emily Blake, uh, the only one. There's only one of me. Uh, actually, it's because Emily Blake was already taken, so I put the Emily Blake because ego. So uh, I'm nice at the Emily Blake. Flair too. Yeah, you like that? Uh, I'm it. I'm the one. Uh, I killed all the other ones. <laughs> um, 
I also oddly, I you know, while we're here, I make costumes and uh, and I I sell some fashion items. Um, uh, so if you go on Etsy, my shop is non-compliant fashion, and that's from uh, that is from Bitch Planet. That is a reference to Bitch Planet, the comic book uh, from Kelly Sue DeConnick. If anybody reads it, I'm a huge fan, so I kind of named my clothing line after that comic book. And uh, I think you can also. <laughs> If anyone here is in the film industry, you can hire me as a script supervisor. If anyone, if anyone listening especially to if this you're on She-Hulk. is, especially if you're on She-Hulk, please hire me on She-Hulk. God, I want to be on it so badly. Okay. Um, and for me, I will be raising money from now until November for Extra Life with uh, the guys from Super GG Radio, and you can donate to that by going to my twitch which is damage damage boost podcast and right below where the stream is there's a link to donate my goal is 100 i'm already at 50 but i would like to go way past that if people feel like giving money to help out children's hospitals that's awesome also that makes me feel bad because you were just like i was like here's some stuff about me and you were like here's a charity to donate to everyone be nice like oh all right no, bad. but everyone should though. That's very that's very good. I have to have you other people donate. 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 What do you got? Like two bucks? You got two do- two dollars in your PayPal or whatever? Just sitting there, you're not doing anything with it. Fucking donate to a hospital to help sick kids. What are you doing? Awesome. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fun. And uh... all right, everybody, be good people. 